listening to Birthplace of Next, the podcast where city officials and partners discuss the latest news and developments in Dayton that make it a livable, sustainable, and innovative community. I'm Dayton Fire Captain Brad French, and today I'm talking to Lieutenant Cole about recruiting for the fire department. Our topic today is recruiting a diverse public safety workforce. Lieutenant Cole, welcome. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. So a uh, very exciting time for us in the Dayton Fire Department as we're currently in a recruiting cycle and trying to attract as many candidates as we can. And uh, we, certainly we, we're putting an emphasis uh, a lot more this time around as we always do, but trying to put a particular emphasis on minority recruiting. Um, and uh, I've been thoroughly impressed by your passion and knowledge on this topic over the past couple of months as you and I have had an opportunity to work on a couple of projects together and um, thought it would be a fantastic idea to let you get that message out uh, in, in this format as well as you have in many other formats as well and try to um, you know set the hook in as many candidates out there that might be thinking about coming onto this department or getting into this line of work and uh, and want to take the opportunity to do that today so I want to kick it over to you tell us a little bit about yourself and your and your background. Well thank you for having me here again I'm Lieutenant Ken Cole with the Dayton Fire Department. I've been on the department now for 29 and a half years so I'm a career firefighter. Um, I've been associated with diversity efforts uh, with the city now for off and on for several years. Uh, one of the ways that I started out was I used to assist the, the recruiter back in the 90s uh, with helping to do some minority recruitment and then uh, I also belong to an organization called the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters. And they've got several diversity initiatives that they've uh, sponsored over the years. So I've borrowed a lot of uh, things from them and taken a lot of information from them, tried to bring back to the city of Dayton and tried to implement here, uh, including uh, starting a, a career tech uh, program in the high schools back in the, uh, the early part of uh, this decade, or last decade. And uh, so, uh, my uh, background and my experience with diversity has actually been uh, substantial even before today. So sometimes, uh, as we all know, that can be challenging. Recruiting minorities into the fire department has often been challenging for the city of Dayton. What's some of the historical context of minority employment in the safety forces, both around here and nationally? Uh, well, from a no, uh, uh, historical context, uh, uh, we really don't have enough time today to go into all of that information. but. Uh, I, th I think it's, uh, 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 it's, it's a great idea to kind of set into perspective of uh, the way that uh, firefighting has evolved from one thing. Uh, so I'll try to do that very quickly. And then I think you also have to contrast that with the geographical areas where uh, firefighting has evolved and grown. And so the first thing I think we need to look at is the fact that firefighting has, hasn't always been the glamorous position that people think it to be. Um, we've all read in our history books and in the ISTA books about the bucket brigades that were started in the New World and then uh, even further back and even in antiquity. So when you look at uh, firefighting in the New World, um, uh, they had the bucket brigades and then it was considered dirty work and only the, the people at the lowest uh, uh, a spectrum of society were, uh, were, giving, were taking those jobs. So uh, if you look at fire departments like uh, the New York City Fire Department, uh, um, the fire departments in the north, uh, they were always populated by people with Italian last, I mean, I'm sorry, with Irish last names first because they were considered the bottoms of the bottom of society. And then you saw the Italians start to come in. So if you look at uh, the names in a lot of these fire departments, you'll see Irish last names, you'll see Italian last names. And so basically reflected, uh, you know, the, the history as the fire department grew from being a uh, uh, 
just a, a poor man's job to now uh, a more respectable job. And then uh, you started seeing paid fire departments, so now there became competition for these jobs uh, in the mid-1800s. But uh, from a geographical uh, perspective, uh, firefighting in the north was uh, primarily done by whites. And then when you look at it in the south, it was primarily done by, by slaves in the, in the uh, late 1700s uh, and early part of 1800s until the paid position started to grow. So all that, if you kind of want to mix all that history together, now you have an interesting set of uh, factors that uh, kind of uh, uh, shape uh, the demographics, uh, not just uh, for Dayton, for various municipalities around the country. And so how uh, that was combated was a uh, uh, civil rights movement came along. So that was another dynamic that kind of changed things. And as a result of the civil rights, uh, you had the EEOC form, and you started seeing consent decrees come about in uh, the early, uh, the late 1960s and the 1970s and the 1980s. And so without those consent decrees, uh, a lot of fire departments would have never actually had the, uh, the minority uh, demographics that they have today. So you, with the consent decree, you would have two hiring lists a lot of times. And so you'd have a, a hiring list that hired for African Americans, and then you would have a hiring list that hired for whites. And they were predominantly in the north, but I think my research has shown that they also had them as far south as New Orleans and Birmingham and places like that. So those uh, uh, municipalities that actually had um, uh, consent decrees back in the 70s and the 80s now have a, a sizable demographic. The problem is that uh, when you start looking at uh, uh, those consent decrees, they were forced out of uh, vogue. They 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 uh, were taken out uh, in the uh, in the mid '80s uh, by modification to uh, 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 labor laws, and so uh, we don't have those types of uh, federal enforcement uh, programs anymore that actually institute uh, those types of consent decrees. So now. Uh, if you look at it from a local context, though, the city of Dayton had some, the city of Dayton had its own challenges, and so there were federal uh, and labor issues there that uh, forced us to uh, have a, a hiring uh, process that um, did not allow for uh, us to get the, the desired uh, demographics. And so in order to change that, the citizens actually had to go to the ballot box and force a charter change. In May of 2021, uh, we had a special election, and Section 97 of the City of Dayton Charter was actually amended, was changed at the ballot box, so it now gave the chief examiner more latitude to uh, actually hire, go deeper into a civil service list and get the recruits that actually mirror and reflect the makeup of the community. Yeah, and, and that really, I think, leads into to my next question, which is what is different this time around? What are some of the strategies and some of the, the processes and procedures in place that uh, might make us more successful this time around for, the, for minority recruiting? You mentioned, you mentioned that uh, city charter change. Uh, um, can you expand on that a little bit? And are there any other factors at play? Uh, that's the, the most uh, obvious uh, change I think that's important is the, is the fact that we have a charter change. Uh, that charter change uh, now allows us to use uh, the Ohio Revised Code 124.7, which, uh, for one thing, uh, uh, this this position hasn't been vetted yet. I want to be careful to say that this position has not been vetted by the Civil Service uh, uh, Department. But what it does allow uh, us to use is Ohio Revised Code 124.7, which also talks about the Rule 10. 
Now that charter change uh, that uh, was on the ballot allowed us to use other than the rule of one, which we had previously employed. So there are several uh, initiatives out there, and I'm not at liberty to speak on uh, what those things are because civil service has not vetted the position yet sure. until that is actually vetted. But the fact that we got the charter change, that's the most important thing. So what it does allow us to do, though, is to go do deeper into the eligibility list and now select the individuals that uh, more closely um, mirror the makeup of the community. And they're, again, based on merit and character and things like that. Sure, sure, understood. So that's, uh, while there's still some, some specifics to be worked out with all of that, that, that charter change was a big step in that direction. That charter change was a huge step in that direction because uh, the way that the previous system worked, uh, you could have a, a, a list of candidates, but uh, minority schools uh, would, would generally, if, if you looked at a, a bell curve, the minority schools uh, generally tended to be somewhat under the bell or to the left side of the bell. And now uh, with the, the charter change, we're hoping to go deeper into the list and to reach those schools that are at the midpoint of the bell curve and beyond. So there's an opportunity now to get more, and not just the charter change, uh, but through the, the current things that are happening with pandemic. Uh, well, we mentioned this earlier uh, prior to uh, the, this podcast about the great resignation. So you're seeing people now that are actually not showing up uh, or not wanting to work. So I think there's a great opportunity. You know, uh, one person's trash is another person's treasure. That's an old adage that I always heard. So um, if you look at uh, the Cincinnati and the, and the police and fire recruiting uh, this past year, they were not able to make their goals. Uh, and that's the, a general problem around the country now. So I think, I think this is a, uh, just a, an opportunity that uh, the citizens of Dayton uh, uh, cannot ignore. They have to really uh, um, uh, take advantage of this. And uh, so what I, I, I encourage everyone to do is just visit joindaytonfire.com and uh, fill out an application. And you might be surprised at just what that single act would do for you. I think you might just find yourself on a Dayton Fire Department. <laughs> so let's let's dive a little bit more into the importance of minority recruiting. Why is uh, uh, having that makeup on the department in comparison to the makeup of the, com of the community and, and kind of getting those on a closer scale, why is that so important? Okay, two things. If you look at uh, the makeup of the city of Dayton, it is 52% uh, white. It is 37.7% uh, African-American, and then you have another 4%. Uh, we really are becoming a very, very diverse community, and that's not uh, uh, going to become less diverse over the next few years. So we're going to become a more diverse community over time, and so it is important that the citizens of the of the city of Dayton see uh, their public service, their public servants, uh, look uh, somewhat like them. It inspires trust. It inspires a level of comfort, and um, we've always had a high customer service uh, rating. So I think. Uh, when you start to uh, improve those uh, uh, the, the demographics of uh, of your public safety forces, then uh, I think those uh, numbers will go even more through the roof. And lastly, uh, um, when you look at uh, um, diversity, you have to look at uh, everyone in, in the fire service and in uh, uh, the police department as well. Anyone that works in public service, you have to remember that you are public servants. Public servants serve. Uh, at the behest of the community. We uh, have our salaries through tax tax dollars. And so um, I know that this sounds a bit ironic, uh, but if you look at the, the origin and the history of this country, 
the, the, the saying prior to the American Revolution was no, uh, representation, no taxation without representation. So this is about uh, equity, it's, a, it's about fairness uh, with access uh, to those tax, doll tax dollars and who is actually represented uh, with uh, uh, and, and compensated for services to those uh, tax dollars. So, so we have a, a, a neat opportunity in front of us in this current recruiting cycle. So let's focus a little bit on the here and the now. How is recruiting going so far? What if there if some of the podcast listeners out there are, are considering a career with the city of Dayton and with the fire department? What are some of the reasons that they should consider that? And what are some of the things that the fire department brings and and uh, uh, you know a reason that they should apply? Well, first of all, this is a great career. And so, because it is a great career, I'm going to tell you one more time, visit joindaytonfire.com. All right. And so, because it is a great career, um, it's not only just a great career, but it's, it's a well-paying career. Uh, you can have a 25-year career, and then at the end of your 25 years on this job, you can have a, a, a pension. And so, uh, if you're thinking that this is something that you want to just blow aside, let me just kind of give you uh, an idea of the benefits. First of all, you start out at a salary of about $54,987 once you uh, get out of working school and top side is $73,330. Uh, most college graduates, I'd say 50% of college graduates don't even start out with that kind of money. Not only that, uh, when you get through working school, you have obtained the equivalent of 24 college credits which are applicable at any four-year university in the state of Ohio. There's also bonus pay for paramedics, you get 13 paid holidays, you get paid sick and vacation time, and you also, as I mentioned earlier, you're part of a pension plan and medical and dental insurance. And after five years on the job, you have an opportunity to get promoted. We pay an annual uh, uh, physical fitness bonus, and then we also pay uh, uh, bonus educational bonuses for associate's degrees, uh, bachelor's degrees, and, um, and uh, uh, master's degrees. So uh, to, I guess, uh, uh, summarize that, uh, this is a well-paying job with a well-educated workforce. And, uh, and if, if you're looking at uh, college, this is a way to obtain a college degree and uh, uh, get uh, handsomely paid in the process. Yeah. Well, I, I know uh, what I've found in the fire service is that oftentimes people uh, that do this job absolutely fall in love with it. They love it. They love their coworkers, and they love the, the dynamic aspects of this profession and how every day is different and, and, and almost um, without exception, everybody that gets into this job almost always absolutely loves it and really falls in love with it. So uh, the application process is open until February 20th. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, uh, right now, uh, uh, application the process opened up uh, January the 4th and it runs through February the 20th. Uh, Civil Service has uh, the week of 20, March the 21st through the 26th tentatively set aside so uh, to give a, a test. Um, and this is different from the past where they've just had one day. But uh, hey, times change. Uh, we, we live in a pandemic era. Uh, so uh, we're trying to make the most out of uh, you know these current situations. So, and then uh, as I said earlier, as I said earlier, there are labor shortages uh, across uh, many different uh, occupations. So uh, the fire department is trying to capitalize, and so we're taking it to the citizens. We're taking it to the high schools. Uh, we're communicating uh, nationally. We're com communicating, uh, getting the information out across the state, and. Uh, we're recruiting our backyard, which we want to be good at that, and we want to uh, develop a workforce that uh, will be here now and uh, at some point in the future as well. 
So, Lieutenant Cole, we've got just a couple of minutes left here, and, and you've already touched on this somewhat, but I, I want to give you a, one more opportunity to kind of uh, build on some of those concepts. What are your plans for the future of recruiting in the Dayton Fire Department? What's next? Uh, what's next? Uh, I think uh, what's next, and to me, is, is the logical outgrowth of what I'm doing now, is to have a strategic plan. Um, I think the city needs to be working in unison with uh, Dayton Public Schools, the, the surrounding school districts, uh, starting to uh, uh, brand ourselves as a, as a viable alternative to some of these uh, other careers that might be out there. And we need to take the lead with that. We need to be working with these high schools closely, uh, with the community colleges, and with uh, any supplier of uh, young minds uh, that uh, are looking for an exciting careers uh, that pay well and that can uh, uh, make the uh, the most of two worlds. Uh, you know, get your college degree uh, and and pay you a, a handsome salary in the process. So I like to see a short term plan. Uh, I like to see a, a intermediate plan and then a long term uh, uh, plan as part of a strategic uh, uh, plan for the city of Dayton Fire Department. Well, it seems like uh, we're having a lot of success right now, and there's always more work to be done as we continue to strive for uh, a minority representation in the fire department. And you're doing great work, and it's, it's uh, as I mentioned, it's been a pleasure working with you on a lot of different projects. Thank you. So, uh, Lieutenant Cole, uh, thank you very much for joining us today, Lieutenant Ken Cole. Uh, my name's Captain Brad French uh, on behalf of the City of Dayton's Birthplace of Next podcast, and join us again next month.